Good evening, one and all. Welcome along. It is episode 60 of season four, and it's a very novel pairing tonight. <laughs> Myself and Lauren in, in, in the hot seat. How are things, Lauren? Yeah, not too bad. Um, very busy this week, so yeah, <laughs> this will be, be interesting. I had all intentions to watch a lot of the Combine, and I've, I've downloaded it onto the Game Pass. I've just not had the free time to actually watch a hell of a lot <laughs> of it, so... Yeah, this, the the secret life of, of an accountant, the sexy part that no, no one ever tells you about, eh, Lauren? Oh, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so for those of you who are tuning in and wondering what that's about, both myself and Lauren are accountants by trade. So uh, there's, a, there's a lot of accounting jokes that we, we do, we have yep. to make with each other. But um, you know, great, great to see DJ Dog is already in. Countdown is on, 49 days till dreams come true. I know, Campbell, it really is coming in fast, thick and fast. I mean, it's... It's flying, like, I mean, I, I don't know where the time is going. And Labarski has joined us on time for once. <laughs> Labarski, yeah, I think he tried to join us uh, right at the end of Tuesday's show, or maybe it was last Tuesday's show I'm thinking of. So great to have you here from the start. And again, have Labarski and Jamie Smith been seen in the same room before? I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> It, it well, could ju- it could be could just be Graham as well, you know. He's always riding himself. So, yeah, Graham Graham's a bit of a dark horse, you know. And 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 all the jokes are aimed at Graham. So, who knows? But that Rich Rich Jones fella, I'd watch yeah. out for him too. <laughs> <laughs> and DJ Dog's delighted to see that Labarski is in the house as well. But Lauren, it's it's probably been. The season has ended, I think, since since we were last on a show together. Yeah. Um. So I mean, I haven't really had I had much of a chance to talk with you about what's happened during the off season. So we're gonna we were saying just before we came on, we talk about a couple of things. Um. You know, like I mean, obviously since since last Thursday's show, Tony Pollard has been tagged. Um. So do you know? Do you want to give us your own thoughts on that? It's it's a mixed ba- mixed bag as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you want you you know you want him to to sign a longer term deal, uh, bring mm-hmm. that cap number down because ten million, especially at the moment, you got Zeke on the books as well. Um, mm-hmm. You're paying best part of somewhere like twenty seven million to your running back core, um, and that's yeah. not even that's not even including Malik Davis. Um, you know, so that's oh. that's actually quite considerable. You know, that's that's what t- 10 12 percent of your salary cap. Yeah. You're also you're also paying Dak, you're paying Dak the best part of a quarter of your salary cap. Um, you know, it, it, it it's quite substantial. And at the moment, you know, the Cowboys are 16 million over the cap, 19 if you include what they've got to set aside for the, the current rookie pool as well. Um, and they've got to get down under that within the next, um, I think it's Wednesday at four o'clock that they've got to get down. Oh, no, actually, it's Tuesday at four o'clock. They've got to get mm. down to to yeah. salary cap levels. And you want them well below that so that they've got money to spend as free agency as well. Yeah. So. And, 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 I, and I like how you didn't go that one step further and go the, the, and talk about the fact we'll be adding B. John Robinson with pick 26. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you, you you can but dream, but um, yeah. you know, I, I I I certainly don't think it we're precluded from that. I think the Cowboys, 
you know, the the way that their draft strategy has been is to take, you know, if if their best player on their board that is available is mm. the the best running back when they need a, a guard, but the the next best player they've got is their sixth sixth guard or whatever on the list. They're not going to reach for that sixth guard. They'll they'll take players at position of value. So, um, you know, and, you know, if the running back position wasn't so devalued now, I mean, you know, you would be seeing Robinson going top five at least. I mean, in terms of pure talent, Robinson is certainly certainly top five, you know. Yeah. 100% 100% he is. Um, I'm just seeing a couple of comments coming in there. Joe jo, Joe was talking about this on Tuesday. He said he thinks it's a bad mistake to tag a player coming off a major injury. That means no matter what, he gets 10 million. But then, as Labarski said, and this is what we were talking about, you can actually rescind the tag. You know, like obviously, as you said, you want to get a long term deal done, but you can rescind the tag if, you know, something like B. John Robinson happens, you know, so it could happen. Well, the only way you can't, though, is if, you know, if I'm Tony Bol- Tony Pollard, I'm going in and I'm signing that sheet now. Because mm. as soon as he's signed that sheet, you know, you've then got the clock to this, I think it's the 17th of July this year. Yeah, it's, it's, it's mid-July, all right. renegotiate. But, I mean, I think um, both that Prescott, uh, I think Schultz, Schultz last year, as soon as he was told he was getting um, getting a tag, he was in, he signed that piece of paper. So it was mm-hmm. guaranteed because you have seen players that have said, oh, well, I'm going to, I'm not playing on the tag. I'm going to wait for it. And then something happens, they go, and, you know, a team does sign somebody in free agency that actually says, right, you know, sorry, we'll rescind it. But by that point in time, the you know you're maybe two three weeks into free agency mm. and you know you're then hitting the market and all the big money has already been paid out so you know the player takes a takes a loss there yeah. um i think it's good you know it's good that we're bringing them back if we are making all these changes you still want to have especially a west coast offense it'll be something that tony pollard should you mm. know if if you're talking west coast offense as in the 49ers of the 80s and 90s. Yeah. You know, Pollard will be brilliant because he'll be that Roger Craig style of player that he can come out of the backfield, take the passes, much more than Zeke is. Zeke in this, in this, I see him more as the, you know, he'd need to move up to sort of a fullback and be the sort of Tom Rathman um, idea, you know, the, yeah. um, again, Primarily staying in for pass blocking, which yeah, that's mm. that's where his value is at the moment. Now, yeah. obviously, there's a lot of talk about all the injuries that Zeke's had the last couple of years and what have you. Um, but um, you know, I think he can still do something. But you know, it'll be interesting to see what his agents found out during the combine mm. week about what the value is for him and all that. But I mean, if I if I was his agent. Or if I was Zeke, I'd be saying, you know, it's four to eight million is what he wants to take. And I think the Cowboys are probably closer to two million. Um, yeah. So I think ultimately there is going to be, you know, I think Zeke's probably played his last. But even that, you know, you're probably going to want to release him as a, a June 1st cut. Oh, and that, yeah. doesn't, that doesn't have any bearing on the salary cap 
at until June 1st. So that has yeah. nothing to do with getting down under the 19, uh, the the 16 to 19 million that we've got to clear by Get next down. week. So yeah, just a um, couple of couple of comments in there. So like obviously I don't normally fill in in this slot on a on a Thursday. So Mike has has been called out for work, and uh, our. our our, our good friend and co-host here on the show, Paul. Greetings from Eastern Europe. So Paul is living it up and having a very eventful time in Eastern Europe <laughs> right now. He's in Turkey, so if anyone is in that area, make sure and give Paul a shout. But you know, you have kind of kind of mentioned about look the fact that they have to get under the cap for next Tuesday or Wednesday. And I mean, there are ways around that they can do it, that they can restructure some of some of the deals. Um, and the thing is, they don't have to negotiate these restructures. But I think what they're trying to do is with some of the more veteran players, the Zeke Elliott's, the Tyron Smiths, is try and work out a new contract with them. So what we might see is that they might try and push some of the money back and then try and redo the deals i don't know if that's going to be ideal though yeah i mean the problem is you're kicking the can further down the road mm. and you're hoping yeah. that obviously you you get a boost in um in salary cap because of the the new tv revenues which kicked in and all this sort of stuff but ultimately you know at the same time as the you know you you're backloading and everything that means you're paying more later on, but at the same mm. time, everybody's salary is going up, so and the yeah. demands are going up as well. And if you have a good year, then um, you know. And you and I were talking just before the show as well. I'm I'm beginning to hear things that um, Zach Martin is probably this is once his deal's over. Um, you know, he's now looking at um, he won't be looking at another deal. Maybe he'll be. Yeah. He'll be looking at riding off into sunset, um, yeah. you know. So again, you don't you don't want money sitting there as a dead dead cap. So you know, if you yeah. if you release some of the guaranteed money, turn it into a signing bonus or whatever, and apportion it over four or five yeah. years, and then bring in some avoid years as well, which you don't have to get the players say so on that because obviously yeah. they're happy they get the check straight away and all this sort of stuff. What yeah. you want to be doing is an actual re extension stroke renegotiating of the whole deal yeah, uh, to try and bring the numbers down. A hundred percent. So um, I think one of the other things we just mentioned before the show um, is you're not hearing a lot, like I've, from a lot of other teams, you're hearing kind of the noise about who they're going to cut, who they're not bringing back and stuff like that. Um, I don't think we've heard anything much from the Cowboys in terms of who they're who they're not bringing back, who they're going to cut or anything like that. Joe is saying he hopes we bring we sign Schultz. Joe, unfortunately, that is one hundred percent not going to happen. Dalton Schultz has played his last has played his last snap in Dallas. It's not happening, unfortunately. I th I think the only way he plays back in Dallas is if you know something happens that. There's no int there's no biters in the first couple of weeks, and then yeah. you, you know Dallas can make it can make a deal with him there. Um, but I mean Schultz is, you know, we were saying that Schultz is better than Gazicki and um, Mark Andrews. In jo in Joku, 
Well, yeah. and Mark Andrews, I would say, is is still a better prospect than him. Mm. Ever, you know, in terms of being an all rounder. Um, but you know, I would say that um, you know he's certainly better than Joku and Gazeki that were also tagged last year. Um, and you know, there will be a market for him. I'm fairly sure of that. Yeah. And Nabarski is just coming back in just on that. He's saying this tight end class could bring Schultz's market down. Absolutely, uh, yep. it, it will. And Paul is saying Schultz is definitely on, out the door. I know I have my sources. Yeah, <laughs> 100%. Look, we, we, we've known this was coming for more or less the whole season. We knew this was going to happen. We can't say any more on that, you know. That's that's just the way it is. And for anyone who didn't get a chance to tune in to Tuesday's show, myself and Mike broke down some of the tight end class, who's going to be available, who might be fit for the Cowboys. We went through all the different um the different rounds. We didn't just pick guys who were going to be there at the top. We went down through mid-round guys, late-round guys, potential free or not free agents, unrestricted free agents. Yeah. Um so have a tune in. We'll come back around to that. But, Lauren, like, I'm hearing a lot of chatter, um, and we've seen it in a lot of mock drafts, um, that the Cowboys are going to take a tight end at 26. I don't think it's going to happen personally, but what are your own thoughts on that? Sorry, I, my internet <laughs> dropped out there. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. So, we've seen in some of the mock drafts daniel jeremiah todd mcshay mel kuyper they've been they've been mocking tight ends to us at pick 26. do you think it's a possibility i think it, yeah i mean again and until you know the way the cards actually fall mm. anything's possible and this is this is why the cowboys do what they do in free agency where they patch over all the things so that they don't have to reach for a guy yeah um, Throw in, uh, throw in another name. Dame Brugler's just done his post combine draft as well, and he has us taking Dalton Kincaid as well. So, mm. um, you know, and you're you're certainly seeing a lot of the tight ends available if you if you do your PFF mock drafts and everything like that. You know that there's always tight ends that tend to be the number one option available at the at the time Cowboys are picking at twenty six. Um, yeah. I can see it because y y you certainly need, you know, it's it's an area of strength at the moment. Even though you're losing Schultz, you've got um, Peyton Hendershot and Jake Ferguson who have have created um, the ability to move on from Schultz. Yeah. Um, you know, so it, it is showing that that's an area that they consider to be a strength and you always... They, you know, the, the main thing when you're drafting is you should always build strength on strength, first of all. Mm. Um, if, if you're trying to build strength where weaknesses are, then, you know, that's you reaching for a player. Um, so, yeah. Um, so you've, you've kind of mentioned the name, and we're going to have a look at a few players who kind of impressed during the Combine weekend. Before we, be, before we get into that, was there anyone who stood out for you from the Combine? Was there anyone whose numbers numbers made you just, you know, just stand back and go, wow, I didn't expect that? I know well, I, I'll talk about Rich's guy in a minute. 
Yeah, well, I mean, I have to say, Rich's guy's quite a story as well, mm. and we'll get on to that. But um, obviously, Nolan Smith running the 43940. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and generally, yeah. I think you know he was he was jumping. Did he not set um, records as well for sort of the high jump and the broad jump as well? He was he was right yeah. up there with the likes of Byron Jones, obviously. Yeah. Um, and that was interesting this week. The news about him being released and coupled coupled with what he was saying prior to the combine as well. That um, yeah. You know, I think the writing's on the wall. He's probably looking at. Uh, moving on to whatever is is next in his life as well. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah. I, I, it was it was interesting to see some of the speeds that were being running up in the forty yard dash. I mean, the, I think looking at it this year, there's there's at least something like fifteen players that are under four four um, yeah. this year, and there's a there's two in the top fifteen all time for combine combine records as well yeah. Um, yeah. and but uh, I mean if we pick up on um, Turner uh, Richie's um, guy uh, Verhees as well the guy that yeah. he tore his ACL during the during the on-field drills um, you know that would normally spell the end of his combine but no he goes in bench presses 225 pounds um 38 times as well, you know, which just goes to show the strength. And that's with, you know, the bench press, you need everything. You need a you need a firm plant on the floor mm. as well and everything. Now, if you're doing that with a, a weakened knee as well and you're still able to do 38, you know, God knows yeah. what he would do if he if he was a hundred percent. He he um, he might be close to matching Harry Allen's record. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> there will be some teams that will be willing to invest you know much like we did a second rounder in Jalen Smith or maybe be yeah. somebody who'll be interested in you know second round is you, you've got rid of you've got rid of your your top draft picks and all that um you know that that's maybe where you're you're willing to take, start taking flyers on players so mm. um who knows but um obviously you're probably looking at red shirting in this year um yeah. because you won't be ready at, at best, he could be ready for playoffs. Um, yeah, but you, and know. you wouldn't you wouldn't risk a you wouldn't risk a rookie in the playoffs because I mean, as good as Voorhees is, he's a third, fourth round talent at yep. best. Do you know? It's not like you're going. This is a guy who was a marginal first rounder who was going to improve his draft stock. He's a third, fourth rounder who's blown out his ACL. And you know, someone might take a flyer in the third or the fourth. Um, I'm liking Lebarski's question here, and I think he's kind of revealed who he really is. So, you know, Jamie Smith, we know this is you now. <laughs> At 26, you've the pick of any of the tight ends and Bijan Robinson. Who do you all take? You've asked the wrong crowd, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I, again, t t tell me what tell me what we've done in free agency, you know, and yeah. with Zeke and and Tony Pollard as well, you know, if you get Pollard done to a four year, fifteen million dollar uh, fifteen million dollar contract or something like that, where you're paying yeah. him three million a year, yeah, by all means take Bijan. If you're if you've only got him on, and 
even if you've only got him the one year, the 10 million as well, draft him, you know, but it all it all depends on what you're doing what you're doing in the um in the build up to it. So yeah. Chris, crystal ball time I'd I'd take Bijan probably. Yeah. Um Lebarski is kind of saying uh, a lot of the receivers were pretty underwhelming to me. Um I don't think there's a single first rounder and only a couple of second rounders. I and sorry, Joe is just coming in and saying he would take no, Robinson no matter what. Um Joe has obviously been watching draft day today. <laughs> but yep. um yeah, like speaking on the receivers, um, you know, I I I I kind of agree with the take. I, I still think there'll be four or five will be taken in the first round, but I'm not overly enamored with this year's wide receiving class. I th- I think you know normally the receiving classes guys that are right up there and then you've got a drop mm. off. I think you've got a couple of guys that are maybe quite good, but you know mm. everybody else is there or thereabouts. They're all much of a muchness, and there's there's question marks. There's lots of small guys, but you know the Cowboys don't like small guys mm. necessarily. You know T.Y. Hilton might have done something towards. Um, resetting that a little bit and maybe the West Coast offense will work. I thought it was interesting to see what I have seen of the combine. I thought Smith and Jigba had actually uh, impressed quite well. Um, You know, obviously he was injured a lot last year and, you know, there was question marks about him being back and all this. Um, But I thought his at least his performance in the combine drills mm. suggested that you know he he can be successful and he's he's coming back and he's he's better than he was last year or whatever. So there is that similar uh, similarly who is it Addison? I think you know his yeah. forty time was pre- pretty poor and you know that's um that's wasn't certainly wasn't what was expected from him as well. So um, yeah. You know, that's maybe question marks, but you'll probably see, you know, whenever his pro day is in the next three or four weeks that, um, you know, he'll, because it's his home ground and all that, Mm. and he knows, he knows how to, how to get the best time there. um, Oh, yeah. We see something like that. So, and he'll be clocked at 38 yards regardless. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But um, there's been a couple of comments coming in there. So, Lebarski has said he's jumped off the wide receiver train. I agree. Joe was saying he thinks the the I almost said it. I almost did it, Lauren. I never do it. That team, that team might take Robinson. I don't think they'll take him with the tenth pick. I don't think so. But they remember they've got a couple of picks. So I yeah. mean, um, you know, trade trade down. You know, again. They'll yeah. they'll look, you know, if they can get that pick up another first or change that for a later round first and maybe pick up a second next year or even a first next yeah. year as well, you know, they'll do that. And yeah. you know, that's pushing it further down so that again for them, if the it's a it's a blessing that you have two first round draft picks, but then you've got a curse three years down the line when you you're deciding if you're gonna activate their their fifth year options because you're talking about effectively two salary uh, two franchise tags almost yeah. so 
um, you know, that that eats into your salary cap as well. So um, the the more you can push that back and sort of delay it. And, you know, th- this is what I was saying again when Mike raised his topic of, uh, you know, would you trade for Kyle Pitts? You know, that you'd, you'd be talking Micah Parsons would be hitting, you'd be making the decision on the 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 year five um, yeah. option for both Pitts and Micah Parsons the same year as well. And if yeah. Pitts, yeah, Pitts has underperformed so far in some respects, he's been injured and what have you. But, um, you know, if he, if he then comes on and excels in this offense, what are you going to do? You know, you're talking about having to pay high for a tight end and you're talking about having to reset the market on the premier defensive player in the league as well. So. Yeah. And, I think to be to 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 be fair to that team, they have an awful lot of needs. Like they are going to be gutted in yep. um, on their defense. Like they have a lot of starters who are not expect. They're not due back, and they're not expected to come back. So they they I think they have other needs. Bijan Robinson would be a luxury. Um, Lebarski is obviously trying to play into us now, um, talking about Marvin Mims has improved his stock and DJ Dog is backing him up and talking about pedestrian uh, quarterback play for, for, for another team we don't dare talk about. <laughs> uh, yeah, as long as it stays pedestrian for the next 100 years, I don't care. <laughs> yep. Yeah, definitely. But... Look, we we said we were going to talk about a couple of guys, um, and we kind of got a little bit sidetracked. And you'd mentioned his name, so Dalton Kincaid. A lot of a lot of mocks are pushing him to the Cowboys. So, senior coming out of Utah, seventy receptions last year, eight hundred and ninety yards, eight touchdowns. Um, I think you have his you have his combine numbers there, Lauren. If you want to call them um, out. Funnily enough, there was. What I'm looking at at the moment doesn't actually have his combine numbers, so mm. um, I'll need to I'll need to Google it quickly see what he had. I um, I'm I'm not sure if he did a lot of the combine drills. To be honest with you, yeah, I don't think he has actually, because obviously mm. you know he he opted out of the Rose Bowl um, yeah. and seen a couple of the other bowls as well. So um, yeah. yeah. He's, he's maybe not, but I mean, obviously the, the the big one for him is he's he's comped with somebody like Zach Ertz, um, yeah, which is high praise for him. Um, yeah. You know, Zach Ertz obviously was the bane of our life quite a lot of the time when you were playing that team. Yeah, that then is for never. Um, <laughs> um, you know, and he, he he's still he's still been doing a fair fair job as well when he was at the car when he's been at the Cardinals as well. So um, it's big shoes to fill. But um, you know, if you can get somebody like that, and again that that just goes to show. I mean, the you you can say that Philadelphia's offense was a sort of um, hybrid of the the West Coast offense as well. Mm-hmm. So if Zach Hertz was able to excel in that. Something yeah. like Don, Dalton could. Kincaid, if he, if, you know, if he is as good as he is advertised, then um, you know, and and makes the adjustment to the NFL. Because again, what you've got to remember is 
he, he can be a big guy in college, you know, it's, it's the sort of big fish in the small pond and then you go to be the, the small fish in the big pond. Yeah. Uh, as you get the NFL, you know, you're, you're, you're suddenly going up against guys that are all the same stature as you. Um, mm. And and the same athletic ability. I mean, it it, it levels you out as well, and you, you've got to adapt. So if he can adapt, then yeah, yeah, he's he's certainly going to be a good player. But like, I think I think a lot of the so so kind of the the the, the good points on him are that he does have outstanding ball skills and hands. His body control and toughness are good. Um. And the way he was played in Utah is quite translatable into the NFL. So, I mean, that's like, as you kind of said about Zach Ertz, I think Zach Ertz was Stanford, wasn't he? Uh, I think think it was Stanford he played, who who, who played pro-style offense. Again, Dalton Schultz came from Stanford pro-style offense. And like, you know, what, what, what did the... The projection for um, Kincaid is he'll be a good tight end to coming into 2023, and by year two, three, he will be a starting caliber tight end. Yeah. Um, the knock on him is he's not great as an inline blocker, and he's a bit short and a bit light. So he's only 240 pounds. So he doesn't have that ideal kind of 18, 19 stone as we'd say in yeah. old money of a tight end. So he's gonna be he's gonna be rocked backwards off the line. So you're gonna look for him to be more your receiving tight end. And he you know teams will be able to plan for him accordingly. Yeah. It, it, the other the other sort of um weakness I've got here is that you know his routes can do with sharpening up and um you know team teams can actually use the players to actually block him and slow him down as well. So um, yeah. if, if you're talking with the West Coast offense, it's normally, that, you know, and Jerry's comments this week as well, that it looks like they're going to be focusing on basically closing down so that Dak is only having to make one or two reads each play. He knows where yeah. it goes straight away and get that ball out so that you're not having to, again, if you do move on from Zeke, that, you don't have to have another running back in there doing much more than actually just sticking his body in front of him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, so you want somebody that can get into position, get that ball out and move move straight away. And if yeah. if Kincaid is able to be redirected, then that's, that's not a good thing. Um, yeah. But, you know, as I say, we've got two guys there that are good. Mm. At, at present in Hendershot and Ferguson. Ferguson, yeah. obviously, Travis Kelsey had, had said in the run-up to Super Bowl that, you know, he sees a lot of himself in, in Ferguson as well. So that's high praise as well. So yeah, whoever it, whoever it is we draft at tight end, and I'm sure we will spend a pick on tight end, you yeah. know, we will be able to slowly, slowly bring him in. Um and rely rely on the guys that we have. So yeah, and um, it's it's probably one position you wouldn't be ex- surprised to see them pick up um, an undrafted guy as well, because they yeah. have like they've they've taken Blake Jarwin, they've taken um, Sean McKeon 
and Peyton Hendershot over the last five, six years, you know. So there's guys they will pick up and who somehow seem to make it onto the team or or, or the, the roster. Yep. And, I mean, you, you've got to remember, we've got guys like Ian Bunting as well, who's been mm. on the practice squad as yeah. well, and I think was activated for a couple of games as well. So Yeah, he was. Um, you know, so we do have that, um, that we we do sort of tend to, to take something out of the the later rounds or the, the undrafted free agents as well. So Yeah. Um. So one of the next guys we said we would talk about is um, defensive end out of Auburn, Derek Hall, who had an, I think he had an official visit with the Cowboys during um, during the week. So Derek Hall, as far as I know, he's projected somewhere around the late first, early second round pick. So if you're looking for a, t- a defensive end, this might be somewhere you go. Yeah. Um, a 45540, um, mm. 1.59 10-yard split. Um, 33.5 vertical leap. Um, mm-hmm. Fairly pedestrian, that one. But, um, you know, obviously you don't expect... Generally, you don't expect your edges to, or you yeah. don't expect your defensive linemen to get up that high. Broad jump 10-7, that's that's pretty good. Um, didn't do any of the, the the short shuttle drills or the three-cone drill and didn't do the bench press. So yeah, um, he'll, be, he'll be waiting for his own pro day for that. Um, yeah. So... What I'm what I'm kind of seeing with with um, Derek Hall, and again, this is this kind of where where I've seen some some concerns is his he's underdeveloped as a pass rusher. Yep, he's 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 not he's not going to be a guy who is going to bust into the backfield. He's not going to be. He's not going to be Michael Parsons. He's not going to be Demarcus Lawrence. He's not going to get you a whole pile of sacks. Um, which which is a concern, you know. Spending a fourth round pick, you know, when you're when you're talking like that, you're talking. Dare I say his name? Taco Charlton. Yes. Yep. You you're, you're talking somebody that you know you'll be you pretty much be reaching for. And, yeah. You no, know, another another weakness for him is that you know he's not that good at, at his effort levels on on run blocking or sorry on run defense isn't that good so you're not you're not talking about somebody like demarcus lawrence who obviously yeah. sets the edge um he's quite he's quite sloppy he's not he's not willing to set the edge um and and play strong to that yeah um, you know which which it you know obviously means that if teams can get on the outside of him then you know they're going to get they're going to get round them. They're going to get the yardage there. Yeah. Um, like it's 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 not all negative on Derek Hall, though. I mean, you are talking about guy who is explosive. He has burst. He has power. He has arm length. You know, it's not it's not that he's not a good player and couldn't develop. But I think for. If you're taking this guy at 26, it's it's a it, it is a reach and it is a concern. 
It it is. I mean, I, again, this is. If anything, this is probably like last year's Sam Williams, where we were, we were dogging him a lot. Mm-hmm. And you know, yeah. if anybody's if anybody's going to get anything out of him, then you know it's going to be Dan Quinn and Aidan Dordy. Um, yeah. You know, and it'll be interesting to see when it comes to his pro day. Is Dan Quinn there? Is Aidan Dordy there? Is are they taking it to one side? Because mm-hmm. that was that was obviously. You know, you had Paul up in arms when he's, you know, everybody was making the big thing about Dan Quinn, you know, schooling Sam Williams. Sure enough, we took Sam Williams, um, you know, and Paul's eating eating the humble pie. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you know, the building block is there. They reckon he's going to be a positive, you know, within a couple of years, he will be an average to, to above average starter. Yeah. Um, you know, that that's what you're looking at. But there's there's a lot there's a lot of projects there or you know, things that you need to, to work on. Now he, he's a he's a good character guy, he's been a team captain for you know his, mm. his college squad as well. So that's a good that's a good thing. That shows that he's got the intelligence as well. So yeah. As long as you know he comes in feeling hungry and he wants to get better and what have you. Um, but again, a, a lot of these discussions are at least just trying to feel everybody out so that you can make further deci- further decisions down the line and just either eliminate people or, mm-hmm. you know, go back and check the tape. So, yeah, 100%. So, it's great to see that people are talking to each other in, in the comments. So, uh, Labarski asked us, um, who do y'all say are the three best fits for the Cowboys at tight end? And DJ Dog came back to him and said, Mayor Washington and the Alabama tight end, who's Cameron Latu, that they're all good blockers and they bring something that our tight end, that tight ends don't have. Um, and DJ Dog is also saying that uh, Luke Musgrave has some spooked, um, that he likes Kincaid better as a as a pass catcher. Yeah. I'm... Um- Kind of interested in Shoemaker, the uh, Michigan yeah. tight end as well. He 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 intrigues me. Um, See, the, yeah, <laughs> Shoemaker, uh, yeah. Go ahead again. Uh, again, somebody like Linda Wells should be able to you know polish him up a little bit and sit him in. Again, you know Michigan known running attack as well. So, you know, he, he's a genuinely a good blocker as well in the Big Ten, um, you know, which obviously all of our guys are presently Big Ten guys as well mm-hmm. at the moment. So, yeah. um, it, it, if, you, if you can polish him enough, then, you know, the potential's there with him as well. And, yeah. and you're using a late round pick as well. So, um mm. I mean, obviously, this is this is where we are at the moment. Could be a state of flux, and he he moves up or moves down or whatever. But um, you know, that's some, that's somebody to consider as well in the latter rounds. Yeah, and just to, just just to answer Labarski's comment here, which is directed to me, why don't you say that name here, Ryan? I will never say that name, and I will never spell that name, as you can see on my T-shirt. No, I, th- I think I think Labarski's comment was when you'd mentioned a certain um, defensive end that we'd reached for a few years back. So, oh, tackle, 
Yeah. Oh no, 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 I'll talk about Taco. Who did who did actually win a Super Bowl ring with the Chiefs? But um... that is true. That is very true, Lauren. He did. A lot of people have won Super Bowl rings after leaving the Cowboys. Strangely. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and <laughs> you know, it's one thing as we've talked about Zeke leaving the Cowboys. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up winning a Super Bowl ring somewhere. And um, the the outpouring of disgust that will come if that happens. Why did we let him go? Why did we let him go? And no one will remember the fact that most people were screaming for him to be, you know, caught last year, never mind this year. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Um, and DJ Dog is just asking, and I think, you, again, you asked this on Tuesday night, and I might not have pulled it up, was it a coincidence that London Wells was the only was the only coach with McCarthy at the combine? I th- yeah, I mean the fact that London Wells was actually down taking the tight end drills as well suggests that you know that's somewhere that they're looking at closely. Mm-hmm. By all accounts, I mean obviously you've got um, a lot of the other coaches were back. They're they're still working on you know working out what this. 30% 30 to 35% that Mike mm-hmm. McCarthy said what yeah. changes they're making you know they're they're still combining and putting the playbook together and obviously you've got Brian Schottenheimer you've got um Jeff Blasco who's the running game coordinator as well so they're needing to sit down and dis- uh, discuss everything um you know and yeah you, you can talk about taking all your play, taking all your coaches to the the combine, but re- realistically, you know, get get the playbook sorted out, and then you can send them out to the pro days and get yeah. them picking on your targets there. Yeah. Um, the combine really is, you know, a hell of a lot going on. You, you really want the scouts to be doing their job and doing all the 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 meetings with Jerry Jones and what have mm. you that. Um, you know, or meeting with the team personnel to discuss what they're like off the field, what their intelligence is, can they, yeah. can they diagram the schemes and all that. Um, yeah. And you've got to do that within 15 minutes. And if you're bringing coaches in to talk with them as well, it's, it's better to do it within the, the Dallas day that you have or yeah. the visits. And this is the thing, like... And... It's one thing the Cowboys have always done well. They've used Dallas Day. They've used the Senior Bowl. They've used Shrine Bowl. They work their asses off as a team and as a scouting department across all those kinds of days when they can get access to players. And it shows in their drafting. Do you know, like, it's something I didn't pull up um, on Tuesday night with Mike, but... I think in the last is it the last ten years, you, you I know you'll know this one, Lauren. In the last ten years, franchise tag has been used 42, 43 times. Yeah. It's been it's been um forty times it's been used on a first rounder, and three times it's been used on the t- by a team who has drafted outside of the outside of the first. All three times that was Dallas. Yep. Yep. You know. And th- you know, that just goes to show about how the Cowboys can develop players when they need to. So um, it, it also goes to your your extent that, you know, you always question these players that, you know, 
they always seem to come on when it's their contract year and mm. you know this is why we're doing it in some respects you want to see them prove it a second year um yeah. but um you know i think when we drafted going the, going back talking about the the franchise tag you know when we drafted paul ard it was because obviously zeke had had his issues off the field and that caused him to miss the six games we then decided that we needed somebody should anything further happen then you had pollard there as well and um you know pollard was designed to, to to be a change of pace back but somebody who could handle the load if zeke was mm-hmm. out um you know so we were expecting big things of him when we we took him in the fourth round um but you know obviously he has built on on the rookie year and then you know year by year he's got better and then this year he took a step forward and this was the first year of him being a thousand yard back yeah so dj dog is just saying to us that the university of texas pro day was today Bijan is not working out he's standing on his combine numbers um i suppose that that provides a great segue because one of the next guys we want to talk about is a fellow University yep. of Texas Longhorn, Demarvian Overshown. Yep, For, former defensive back, moved up to linebacker. Yeah, um, plays very similar to sort of Micah Parsons. So you know, it's it'd be an interesting proposition having him there as well. Um, it was an okay, it was an okay combine for him, I think. Um, let me just bring up his uh, mm-hmm. names. Four five six forty again a one five nine ten yard split mm. ten ten forward um, in the broad jump didn't do the vertical didn't do three cone or twenty yard shuttle fifteen reps on the bench press so that's that's mm. a little bit um, worrying good. in some respects it's yeah, yeah. Um, you, you certainly couldn't be sending him all the time yeah um, oh, and, on Russian jails. Yeah, and that 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 kind of feeds into some of the concerns that uh, people have with Marvin Overshone. Like, despite the fact, as you say, he's a former defensive back, um, he lacks power. He's questionable against the run. He's an inconsistent tackler, and he lacks the mass. He doesn't have the size really. At two hundred and twenty-five pounds, he's not your prototypical linebacker anymore in the NFL. You, you know, you're looking for a guy 245, 250 plus as a linebacker. So is the potential with um, Demarvian that maybe you're, you're drafting him to be your um, J-Ron Curse type tight end killer? You know, he's yeah. he, that, that third safety in 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 nickel sets. You could have that. You could also talk about, uh, uh, you know, another person that we're maybe losing out on as well is mm. Donovan Wilson yeah. in free agency. You know, have somebody uh, again being that guy in the box and being the hitter. Um, mm-hmm. That that could yeah. be something. It'd yeah. be interesting again. It'd be interesting to see how he, how he interviews what they find out about him. Mm. What, one of the best draft story I, I've heard recently is that, you know, when they were looking at, way back when they were looking at a guy like Shante Carver, 
mm. um, who obviously we took we took first round. And I think this was Brian Brodus was saying when they did their, you know, he was working with either Green Bay or Philadelphia at the time, and when they were doing their pre-draft stuff, um, they found out that Shanty Carver liked using chewing tobacco which obviously has an effect on your gums and everything like that. So he had sore gums, he had bad teeth, mm. um, you know, and that stopped the meeting. And that was one of the things why he he was a light defensive end and mm. he couldn't put the mass on because he couldn't eat. He couldn't he couldn't build because he wasn't taking in enough protein and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's that's where he failed as a player. He had the potential, but because they couldn't put any beef on him or anything like that yeah. then you know he, he was always going to be an average player and that's why Green Bay didn't take him we took him and you know that was in the days where we were reaching for players yeah. um, you know so the, again the, these pre-draft uh, interviews and everything it's mm. things that you're trying to find out about him off the, off the field and you know what is what his habits are and all that sort of stuff so it's it's, it's interesting what they, they do ask. Yeah. So just uh, just a couple of points here. Um, Labarski is saying he'd hate Overshown if we took him where he's projected. So as far as I know, Overshown is projected around about our third round pick. He's around 85 to 100. He's in that range. Um, so I think at that value, and we do need linebackers, I'd take him. Yep, yep. I mean, uh, I mean, going going into free agency, I think we're looking at defense, interior defensive line, mm. wide receivers, linebackers, yep. and polish up your offensive line as well because you know you don't know what you do, what's happening with the guys that you've got as well. Um, yeah. Connor McGovern's obviously, you know, ha- has he done enough to earn a contract with us, or is somebody going to? You know, see the ability that the fact that he played a couple of games at centre is that suddenly going to mean that, um, you know, he's going to be the next Connor Williams as well and get a big mm-hmm. deal with somebody. Um, yeah. You know, so that those are the sort of areas we really need to tighten up as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Um, and Joe has just just chimed in here. Uh, Minnesota, Minnesota have just released Zedarius Smith, the outside linebacker. Um I don't think we'll be able to afford him. No. He'd be a nice pickup, but I don't think we'll be able to afford him. Yeah. We were we were in there a couple of years back, but um I don't mm. I don't think the reports were there. Um yeah. oh and Adam Thielen's close to getting cut as well, apparently. Ooh. That that could be interesting. Eric Kendricks as well already let go. Yeah. Min- um, Minnesota clearing out clearing out a lot of um money and experience guys i wonder i, I wonder if they're a wide receiver who they need to uh resign <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, that, that there goes the idea that we might get justin jefferson <laughs> <laughs> um but a couple of guys now that we're going to look at together um, is it's a couple of cornerbacks. So we're going to talk about Emmanuel Forbes, Keely Ringo, and Devin Witherspoon. Um, so 
of those three guys, Lauren, I mean, myself and Mike did, we did the cornerbacks um, last week. And I think we definitely spoke about Keely Ringo and Devin Witherspoon. I think we also spoke about Emmanuel Forbes. Of the three of them, Ringo has the size and profile of Dan Quinn Corner. Yeah. Um, Witherspoon is probably the best of the three of them. And Forbes pro- possibly has the highest ceiling. Yeah, the, there's a lot, there's a few questions about them. But they're all, as you as you say, I mean, they're all there or thereabouts. I mean, you know, Weatherspoon could be could be somebody that in a couple of years' time you're talking about being at least on the Anthony Brown level. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he's but he's he's small, so could he be another Deron Bland and play in the nickel? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and you you can never have enough defensive backs. Um, particularly in the middle as well. So um, yeah. that'd be an interesting prospect for me. Um, yeah. I think, as you say, Ringo's, Ringo's the 6-2 corner, you know, and that's, mm. that is Dan Quinn's idea. Yeah. Um, you know, 30, 30, but only 31 and a quarter inch arms as well, you know. Um, mm. Now, 10 foot 2 broad, broad jump, but Again, you know, he only had a 33 and a half inch vertical jump. Yeah. Um, that's pretty pedestrian for, for a lot of, you know, you would normally expect um, defensive backs to be at least high 30s, early yeah. 40s. Um, so being quite low, there's interesting with him. Um, what, what, what I like about um, Keely Ringo, obviously, aside from height, the weight, the speed, the instincts, and his ability to play zone. The comparison that I see for him is Xavier Rhodes. And Xavier Rhodes, as a as a player in the NFL, has been very good. Maybe just below Pro Bowl level at corner. I'm sure he probably has played Pro Bowls. But, you know, uh, you... you, you like this team is crying out for a second corner to play opposite Trayvon Diggs, yeah. Um, and you know, be that guy that we don't have to worry that we can only lock down one side of the field. You mean we're not trading for Jalen Ramsey and restructuring? No, <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd prefer to wait till he's cut. Yes, because, yes. Because everybody knows it's going to happen. Yep, yep. Yeah, I mean, obviously you saw what happened when Anthony Brown went down last year that, um, you know, it, it took us a while to restructure and find somebody, um, you know, and obviously also losing, losing Jordan Smith, uh, Jordan Lewis as well, you know, that those were obviously the two big areas of concern mm. after, after they went down. And yeah. there, there was a lot of things that were in in flux. Um, yeah, Z- Xavier Rhodes certainly played in the Pro Bowl when he was with the Vikings yeah. as well. And yeah. you know, but the last couple of years he's um, he's sort of uh, tailed off a bit, and that's why he was you know he was on. I think he was the third team. That the Cowboys were the third team that he played for, or was on the roster for last year. Mm. Um, yeah. We picked him up so. 
like I suppose to 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 talk quickly about say Emmanuel Forbes. Six interceptions, six passes defended. Uh, he had returned three touchdowns uh, in last year. So he has the ability to be a Trayvon Diggs, but that comes with the concerns that you have with Trayvon as well, is that he will give up big plays. He can be aggressive, which means tackle technique can be suspect at best. Um, and he's also quite slim and like lightly built. Yeah, and he's as you say because he's quite aggressive. He's subject. You know, if you put a double move on him as well, you know, he's always watching the quarterback. So yeah, um, all you need to do is put a double move on, pump fake or whatever, and you know he'll go to where he thinks the ball's going, and receivers 10, 15 yards down the field. Which yeah. is, which doesn't make him a Dan Quinn type of guy in terms of that, but if yeah. that's something that you can you can knock out of him, teach teach him better techniques, then you know that 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 was the problem with Anthony Brown to begin with as well. Anthony mm-hmm. Brown when he came out as a rookie, yeah, he was a sixth rounder, but um, you know he played well a lot of the time. But you know Aaron Rodgers absolutely beasted him that year, where you know he put a double move on him and. Um, unfortunately, you know, the, the Green Bay's receivers went went behind them and you know yeah. gave up a long touchdown. So yeah. Um, so DJ Dog is just saying, and to be fair, he did say this when we talk cornerbacks. He said the two corners at Maryland and at South Carolina um are good. They absolutely are. Cam Smith and Dion Banks being the best of the four. And Labarski is saying that um Apparently, Dion Banks has raised concerns in a lot of the interviews that he's done. So, again, Dion Banks was the guy I saw a couple of weeks ago who was who was projected to the Cowboys at twenty six, and that seems to have died down quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. As as they're saying, you know, there have been a few concerns raised about him in in the interviews, and it can just be. You know, it can be something that he's he's said, and you know, the vast the the prodded it on it, and he's he's stuck to his guns or whatever, and not yeah. yesterday he's willing to change or anything. So, um, yeah. so again, we look look we 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 spoke about running back earlier in the show, and a couple of other guys. Like, I mean, this is not just the Bijan Robinson. Yes, he's the the, yep. the 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 shining light running back, but there are running backs up and down this draft class who will appeal to teams. And one of those guys is um, from another college. I hate talking about uh, Devon Achain from some some yep. farming school yeah, in, I mean, uh, in East Texas. Yeah, yeah you you know that. Um... Our, our regular Thursday host stuck this guy in because, uh, you know, it's yeah. his own college. But um... <laughs> <laughs> he absolutely does. Yeah, I mean, A-Chain had, A-Chain had a good uh, combine as far as I know. Yeah. You know, he, he, he showed some good cuts as well, on, particularly on the tackle bag drills. You saw one where, you know, he duked out. 
and then flattened the tackle bag. He wasn't, I don't think he was necessarily meant to tackle, uh, touch the tackle bag, but, you know, he, he actually ran through it. So, um, you know, if that being a player, he could, he, you know, it'd certainly be interesting to see how he was on the field. Um, he's got the speed, he's, he's good, uh, but he's, you know, you're going back to, you're almost going back to back in the 80s. I think it was Joe Morris for the uh, for the Giants, mm. who was 5'8", and, yeah. you know, this sort of size. So he's quite small. Um, you know, in, in this league, you know, again, are you, are you willing to put somebody like him in to block for, for Dak, who's having to take a seven-step drop or something? Maybe not. Um, that, that's where his weakness is, but you know, yeah. certainly be a viable threat coming out of the backfield. Um, yeah. like Mike was doing, um, the good and the bad, he's been doing that on, on players everywhere. So, you know, make sure you're following Mike on Twitter, um, at Ken Fig Cowboy. Uh, that's Ken Fig that, uh, and Cowboy with a K. So, um, definitely like he is great, he's, he's putting up little clips showing what's a good point, what's a bad point. And as you alluded to, Lauren, the, the, the bad play that he showed for Achain was doing something like you said. He got the ball, made a cut, the pocket collapsed to his right-hand side, and he kept going to the right-hand side. He didn't cut back to the left at all. You know, and it was reason... Now, I mean, look, I couldn't do it. I couldn't no. diagnose it at all. <laughs> But as you say, he did it again in the combine. And that's a concern, is a guy can't diagnose where the hole is that he's supposed to run through. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I suppose, look, we'll, we'll, we'll move along from that. The less said about that, that, that location. Uh, he, DJ Dog, DJ Dog. Oh, my. I thought, uh, I, 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 I thought you were a Longhorns fan. Well, he, he is. He's saying he is. Yeah. He'd been, he'd been to College Station for one of the rivalry games oh, back, for, back when they sorry. were in the, the SWC. Uh, the, yeah. The, sorry. The, the original Big 12 before. Yeah. And I was, I was thinking he talking too, about a Tennessee game. Players. Yep. <laughs> that other UT. <laughs> yep. But um, absolutely... In fact, you're going back. You're going if you're talking about the the bonfire, then you're going back a hell of a long time because they stopped doing it after the 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 accident as well. Mm. So yeah, um, that's what that's almost what must be about twenty years ago now. Twenty yeah. twenty five, twenty six years ago. Yeah. So. So the other running back we said we talk about is again another guy who's who's hanging around at the end of the first start of the second possibly his talent level is higher than that but we all know teams will 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 go high on quarterbacks on offensive linemen and cornerbacks those kinds of positions so that's why he's sliding and it's Jameer Gibbs running back out of Alabama yeah and he as you say I mean that's I think obviously Bijan is number one. Mm. I think he's number two, and then there's a there's a not in there is a, a drop off between them. But it's yeah, it's 
it, it certainly it's not inconsiderable that um, you know he he could actually depending on what offense is what the offense is looking for it could be him and they they'll mm-hmm. flip flop and yeah um, you know B, B, Bijan is your is your sort of Barry Sanders type guy mm. and this is maybe your Emmett Smith type guy you know yeah you you they'll, they'll be compared against each other for the remainder of their careers yeah um, you know, um, and it just just depends how how the league is um, you know how how long these guys last in the, the league now you know as Stephen Jones says you know running backs generally you don't you don't get sign them to a second contract so you don't yeah. necessarily want to waste a first round pick on them yeah and I suppose the, the thing with both Jameer Gibbs and Bijan Robinson, probably that sets them apart, the, them both apart, is their ability to receive to play receiving out of the backfield. Like Jameer Gibbs, his numbers last year, he had 444 yards receiving yep. as well. Do you know, like if you can uh, if you can have both of those abilities, it makes you that much more of a, I suppose it is a threat in a way because you're primarily there to be a runner. It's not like Tony Pollard who is effectively he's a scat back. Yeah. You know, he's 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 not your bruiser, he's not your every down running back. Whereas B. John Robinson, Jameer Gibbs are your every down running back who also have a huge backfield um ability to come out of that backfield. Yep. Yep, definitely. And, so, uh, and and they, you know, obviously the big thing with Pollard as well, you saw in the, I think it was a Houston Texans game where, yeah. you know, they had two or three attempts to punch it in at first and goal from the two-yard line or something like that, and Pollard couldn't punch it in. Yeah. Um, both Bijan and, um, a, you know, the, they're able to put their head down and fire it through as well if they need it. They've yeah. got that strength, so. Yeah. Um DJ Dog just say just backing up the point here, saying that he's a very good receiving running back and people don't realise that he's lined up at wide receiver at times. So he's definitely an every down running back. Absolutely. We myself and Lauren can attest to that from three seasons yeah. of watching him at Texas. That is that is the ability that he has. So the last guy that we're going to talk about, and again, myself and Mike did talk about this guy on the, the first project prospect show. Um, John Michael Schmitz, who is um guard slash center coming out of Minnesota. Yep. And uh, in some people's cases, I think, you know, if you're talking interior offensive line, he's probably certainly, I think he's top three, if nothing, mm-hmm. you know, in, in, across the interior offensive line. So yeah. that's that's obviously quite um, high, high praise for him as well. Um, Again, wait a minute, I forgot his, his prospects. Uh, so, you know, fairly, fairly substantial. I mean, four, five, six, 20-yard shuttle, that's good. That shows he can, you know, he can change direction quite easily, mm-hmm. which is obviously what, you know, is a main factor for um, for offensive linemen. You want, you want that mobility. Um, ten yard split of one eight five. That's maybe down a little yeah. bit. But, um, every, everything else, twenty six reps on the on the bench press. That's yeah. 
you know that that that's your average. Yeah. You know, it's what you should be looking for. Um, yeah. He's generally he makes all the calls up front. He's a bright, intelligent guy. Yeah. Um, you know, he's able. To, he's got quickness for reach blocks and zone blocking. You know, and you know if you're moving to a West Coast offense, invariably your your blocking scheme is going to be a zone blocking scheme. So mm-hmm. again, that could be something he's interested in. Um, you know, but could he be somebody that we're interested in? You know, I think we're seeing Tyler Beadish. is obviously he's expanding into the role. I think mm-hmm. you know again this West Coast offense could probably factor him better as well. Yeah, uh, uses mobility, so um, by all means bring him in. You know. If if he's available, you know, is is somebody to consider and bring in for competition as well. But um, yeah. does he have position flights? Can he move to another position if he if he's not available? Well, see, that's the thing is that at the senior bowl that they played him a lot at guard, and he didn't lose a step. Like he's, I, I'm I'm just trying to read my notes here. Um, that I think he's yeah he's exclusively played at center in Minnesota, but they flipped him out to guard at the senior bowl, didn't look out of place at all. And, you know, you kind of mentioned it earlier, Tyler Biadish is going into a contract year. Yep. And it's, it's definitely a case buyer beware. Are we sure we know what's going to happen with Tyler? And if not, do we have a backup plan? Because, I think Matt Farniuk was brought in two seasons ago to be the backup plan. It hasn't worked as yet. He's been injured. We took Alec Lindstrom undrafted last year, had him on the practice squad. So maybe the view is they could bring in Schmitz. If they could get him in the second round, potentially play him a little bit at left guard, and then you kick him inside next year to play at centre if needed. Yeah. You, the the question there is then as well is are you keeping Tyron Smith and what app what are you doing with Tyler Smith as well mm, so yeah um that's interesting that's you know that again these these are all questions that come the draft we should have an understanding of what's going in um but you know he's, if he can play guard great that's yeah. a, that's an area for doing it I, again you got question marks that you know these guys invariably coming out of college they need they need a couple of years to to get that strength get the big boy strength as they talk about um yeah you know but um certainly interesting to see he, he's certainly somebody that you know they, re- they reckon again he'll be a very good starter within the next couple of years so yeah absolutely um so i think that kind of wraps things up lauren unless there's anything else you want to you want to talk about tonight? No, as I say, I mean it's it's going to be interesting to see what moves we make in the next couple of next couple of days to get down under yeah. the cap. Um, unfortunately, likely means that we're we're seeing a few people being released. Mm. Uh, you know, and there there there'll be guys that are fan favourites. Unfortunately, that go out the door, but you know this. <laughs> This is the time of year that you you know you put sentimentality to one side, um, you know, and and 
in some respects, it's good. We've we've seen in the last couple of years that you know we are willing to move on from people, uh, yeah, rather than show them. You know, it, it, the, there's always been concerns that, um, you know, as Jerry says in his is on the bus meetings that you know people have said that you know he's not willing to get rid of players. You know, he's always trying to show them loyalty and all that. But yeah. You know, you got to remember he d- he did move on from Demarcus where he did move on from Emmett Smith, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and w- we have to make these tough decisions now, um, yeah. especially if you want the 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 free cap money to to make a splash this year. Oh, I'm 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 just looking it over the cap here just to see kind of what 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 they could or might do. Um, I mean, you you mentioned fan favorites, um, and I think Paul Paul might already be resigned to his fan favorite being going out the door in terms of making space because he only has about two hundred and forty one thousand in money left to get. Yep, never got no. more, so he might he might be a cut. Um, no, and. T- Interesting. They've just announced the uh, twenty twenty three compensatory draft picks. Um, so Dallas have got one, two. Th- their their best pick is a is a fifth rounder. Yeah. Um. So they got two fifth rounders, a sixth. Um. And that's it. They have it. So they we've got three compensatory picks: mm. two fifth rounders and the sixth rounder. Yeah. I think that I think that was pretty much marked as what was what was going to happen the whole time um, with that. Um, just a comment I'm going to pull up here. These are friends of mine, Sky Fever. If you um, if you haven't heard their music, give them a shout out. But they want to know: Will Jerry be doing the doing the draft from the yacht this year? No, I don't think I don't think so. You'll see him in the war room. Uh, you know, they only did it from the yacht back in the um, the good old days of COVID when it was, uh, you know, kicking yeah. off. And obviously that was probably the best place for Jerry at the time. So, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm going to give the boys a shameless plug. So Sky Fever music, if you're into your old school rock music, give those guys a follow. You will not be disappointed. Um, they are putting out some great content. Um, Lebarski is saying he was hoping for a fourth, and I think this is one of the new things with the compensatory picks. Effectively, everything is getting pushed down it uh, a full round now because the third round picks are going to uh, teams who are using the Rooney rule properly, and you know the minority. Um, representation is being brought on board so the likes of African-American coaches getting getting say head coaching roles or offensive and defensive coordinators teams are picking up those third round compensatory picks and pushes everything down yep yep yeah I mean 49ers will have had somebody for the fact that they got um, D'Amico Ryan's going to Houston and things like that so um, you know all, all of these all of these um, minority coaches that have left teams and gone to become either head coaches or offensive coordinators in their own right. They're getting picks for that, so 
the both Rams and the uh, 49ers got four four picks in total. So yeah, interesting there. Um, so. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not going to pull up that comment from DJ Dog because it might get us in trouble. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, def definitely not. But look, as we say, look, it's 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 an hour and twenty minutes nearly that we're going, and as much as Lebarski has tried to try to prompt us on, uh, prompt us to keep going. I'm just going to pull up this comment. Brian is saying we need to fire McCarthy and hire a new coach to get a third. No, I'm not saying that. <laughs> I think, I, go on ahead, Lord. I think I think obviously you get a pick. The main thing is that you know if you if you have a black coach who's a wide receivers coach or something like that, and then you mm -hmm. move, they then go off and become an offense coordinator. You yeah. get a pick for developing that talent. Yeah, I think also if if a team picks up one of these guys, um, you know, they also get a pick as well. So um, there is there is question marks as to why Houston are now on their third black coach in three years. So um, are are they doing anything to to circumvent that rule slightly and yeah. and make it play for themselves? But then having said that, they've just lost they've just lost a fifth round pick tonight. So yeah, and been fined one hundred seventy five thousand dollars. So first bet um, twenty six thousand. Yes, on <laughs> you know <laughs> it's not worth bending the rules, folks. Yeah. Um. Lebarski's just saying, and I I did see a couple of comments about this, and I'm going to get your your take on this, Lord. How long would it take jail would it take Jalen Carter to drag race to Dallas on draft night? Um, it's, I, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I thought I thought that comment was going a different way. I thought it was it was going to talk about how long would it would it take Jalen Carter to drop. Um, I. Uh, Jalen Carter has been a very naughty boy, and this might yeah. end up in a loyal Collins situation. It, it is. I mean, obviously, he. The, it's it's difficult because again, you know, yeah, you shouldn't be drag racing, but mm -hmm. he wasn't. He wasn't actually involved because he was drag racing the other guy. The other guy lost control, and mm -hmm. they obviously hit hit a lamppost or something like that, which caused them to. Headman, a teammate to die as well. Um, yeah. Obviously, you, you you feel bad for that, um, but um, you know it's something you'll learn from, if nothing mm. else. And you know, it's it's maybe a, again a side of this new NIL situation that's coming into college that you know you again you see. Bijan Robinson was given a, a an agreement with Lamborghini, wasn't it, or something mm -hmm. like that? Yeah. So he, was, he yeah. was getting to drive in college. He was getting to drive around in the Lamborghini, um, you know, and it happens to everybody. You see, um, obviously, Sam Williams, obviously, the crash that he had at the tail end of the last year, he was doing 98 and a 30 or something like that, which is yeah. something stupid. Um, yeah. It, you can't, you can't, you can't 
control. Unfortunately, you know, you can't control these guys. They are willing. Yeah. They are always going to try and do things to push the barrier, let off steam, that sort of thing. So, yeah. Uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm just as I'm, as you're saying that, Lauren. I'm just trying to manipulate things a little bit here in terms of who, who we might be sending out the door. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of very easy money that they can make. You know, a couple of hundred thousand here and there. Um, but in terms of big money, there's not a lot that they can do, um, other than restructure. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I mean, obviously, the big one is restructuring Dak Prescott and um, mm. you know extending him so that you 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 bring his cap down to something manageable, where it's twenty million or something for yeah. this year again. You know, obviously, he's forty nine million this year, so that would that would obviously ultimately that would mean you've got twenty nine million savings. So. You, mm. you suddenly go to ten million under the cap, and you can do little things with lots of other people, and then yeah, factor you you can factor in as well things like you know move on from Zeke post June first as well or whatever, yeah. where you, you you maximize the return that you get as well for that. Um, yeah. It doesn't preclude Zeke going out and finding another job almost immediately. Just yeah. it's a case of thing, yeah. things yeah. don't happen in terms of the salary cap. You don't get the benefits until after yeah. June first. But um, yeah, and, the, there'll be a lot of there'll be a lot of humming and hawing going on with Stephen Jerry and um, Will McClay this week. I think so. Yeah. I think they might they might be as boys said they might be on the yacht right now, sorting those those kinds of things out where they can get the money in. Um, they've structured it where the restructures will have plenty of money to do what we need. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I mean, I think the greatest example of this was a couple of years ago that team up north were what they were fifty million over the cap. Yep. A week a week a week before this this week two or three years ago. And got under the cap, so teams can do it. Like, yeah, we're sixteen million over the cap right now. That'll be fine by Tuesday. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, you want to look at the the worst teams at the moment. I mean, obviously, Buccaneers at the moment are fifty million over the cap now. Mm -hmm. um, Saints are Saints as usual. They're twenty five million over the cap, and that's before yeah. you factor in the fact that they've already come to deal with um, Derek Carr sure, as well. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. you know, all of these, um, you know, even the, the the team that finished second in the Super Bowl this year, you know, they're, they're only just, they're just 4 million over, uh, under the cap. So, yeah. Um, but when you factor in all their draft picks as well, you know, they still need to clear over, over a million and a half as well. Yeah. Know? Um, and like so, they've they've they, they've a lot of guys, yeah. Like, wow, and they have to re-sign their quarterback. Yep, they have to re-sign him now because he's going into his fourth year. Yep. So, wow, and like I'm 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 looking at their dead cap right now and their cap savings, and they don't have much left that they can do because most of your cap savings. Are actually cap penalties, so they've gotten themselves. Oh God, they're dead money. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah, fifty-four million. 
50. Oh, I feel so good now. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what you like. Wow. I thought we were bad at managing our cap at times. Wow. <laughs> yep. Yep. Oh, that's that that's just cheered me up. And I think that's a great that's a great spot to end it. So Lauren, I'm gonna get you to do the the the, the shout outs to uh yeah, sure, no problem. Of all things if my mouse would start behaving itself. Uh so I'm gonna give you a cowboys experience. Right, okay. So obviously if you're going to a cowboys game this year, go through cowboys experience. Um, and, you know, obviously for the ultimate meet and greets, tail, tailgate stadium tours, game tickets, tailgating, much more, get meet guys like Sam Williams, Micah Parsons, Drew Pearson, Zach Martin, um, you know, Jay Novacek's there as well. Mm. Uh, you, you see James Wright there, if I'm right, the, the fan of the year for the Cowboys nominee. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, and obviously if you're going across with them, Use the discount code UK Cowboys and you'll get uh, a nice wee goodie bag or something as well with lots of free stuff. Um, and and obviously, you know, we're going to be going there this year anyway. Um, but first of all, check out our wall of. Okay, here we go. Yeah, <laughs> you, you jumped <laughs> so ahead on me. I, I did, yeah. So obviously, it's uh, Thanksgiving that we're all booking up for now. Um, so get in contact with Cowboys Experience now, book your place on that, and, um, you know, we'll look forward to seeing you there. Certainly the majority of the podcast team are going out there. Um, I think there's only one no-show from our, our squad, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so looking forward to that already. Yeah. And then the last one. Yep. So also check out our Ring of Honor here all the guys from the content creators. So you've obviously you've got the Cowboys podcast, Talking Cowboys, Hanging with the Boys, um, The Break, Draft Show, Milk Shots, all that. Um, but also you've got Pick 6 Sports, Skywalker Steel, KT's Fun Tweet, uh, Fun House, um, Law Nation, uh, it's Jeff Reinbold Show now, Big, James, uh, Big Game James, Jeff Cavanaugh. Mm -hmm. You know, li listen to these guys, you know, a lot of these guys are able to say things that you know the the Cowboys podcast can't. Yeah. Um, you know, at the at the moment, the Cowboys can't talk about it, it, the Cowboys podcast can't talk about who you might want to bring in, um, and until next week, it's not a problem for uh, blogging the boys and all that. They can discuss potential targets. Lebarski <laughs> is telling us he'll be back in studio on Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> Well, make sure you're on time this time, Lebarski, okay? None of this tuning in at 10 o'clock here in uh, in the UK and Ireland. <laughs> but uh, with that, Lauren, I think we'll, we, we'll fade to black yeah. and I'll, I'll, put, I'll put on the nice fade out music and... Uh, oh, where where's that even gone? <laughs> well, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not even going to try now, so I'm not. So I'm just going to say it's a good night for me. And it's a good night for me. Enjoy we'll your weekend, guys, and we'll see what happens in the next couple of days.